I came across Pastor G.F. Watkins' ministry, and so I, I went to his website. I went to Powerhouse Church's website and, and was just kind of digging into his background. And, of course, you know, part of me is just like, you know, I, you know, I don't know how this Texas guy is going to fit in Kauai. And then wouldn't you know that on his websites, one of the testimonials was from Pastor Matt Higa from New Hope, Kauai. And I was like, what? What are the odds of that? So I called up Pastor Matt. And I said, hey, Pastor Matt, you vouch for this guy? And Pastor Matt was like, man, this brother was amazing. And you know what? The, the truths of the kingdom of God aren't bound by culture, right? And he said, man, this guy came in and he shook up our church and, and, and people rose to a whole new level. And I said, man, that's, that's what I love to hear. And so I've been working with Pastor GF. You know, we met via phone calls and, 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 and Zoom calls and, and have been talking about this and praying about this. And, and so I'm so excited uh, for Pastor GF to come and to share his ministry, right? It's, it's one thing to say, hey, I have a message. I'd like to come. It's another thing to say, hey, I have a lifetime of fruit for the kingdom of God. And that's what Pastor GF has. He's going to share some of his testimony and some of the things, but... Uh, 20 years pastoring a thriving church, now leading a, a retreat center that's, that's ministered to over 100,000 men and, and shared the gospel with them, and so much fruit for the kingdom of God. We are so honored to have Pastor G.F. come and bring his ministry to Kauai Bible Church. Will you help me welcome Pastor G.F. Watkins? Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. And it's off. All right. Whoo, I can breathe again. How about you? Thanks for joining us, you guys outside. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. You guys that are online, uh, I'll try to speak quickly so you listen quickly. Is that good? All right. I don't want to bore anybody. I just, I just feel like uh, I'm home again. I told Pastor I've been coming here for 20 years. That's a long time. And uh, I, I look forward to it each and every time. And because of some of the situations we had, we haven't been back in a few years. So thank you for inviting us. Um, Shannon, good to meet you and the kids. And, and uh, Andrew, thank you for helping back in the back. We're going to do some neat things today. But like Pastor said, I, I'm, uh, I'm 61 years old. I've been in ministry uh, 30 years. So I've seen a lot of things, good and bad. Before that, I was an athlete and a coach. So you'll probably pick up some of that on the way I, I speak. But the main thing I want you to pick up is strategy. Somebody say strategy. 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 Here's one of the things my mentor taught me. He said, men want victory, so God gives strategy. When men follow God's strategy, they get the victory, and God gets the glory. I've been going to church so long, I can, I can tell you the, seats, the seat backs on every, on every pew. I know a lot about church, and I love church because it was how God, Christ had a strategy to overcome the world. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So church is the bride of Christ. She is the reason that we're going to win this thing. So I want to coach you up a little bit today. Is that all right, coach, pastor? I want you to think about that. You're in the locker room. We're going to talk. Ladies, just hang with us, all right? It's going to be good because if we can help the man, we can help the whole family. Yeah? And we have a big men's meeting coming up this Saturday. Do you know where that is, Pastor? Uh, just where he said it's going to be. 
Willie's Park. So I, I like Willie. We've got a guy named Willie Nelson in Texas. I don't know if you heard of him. So in Willie's Park, that'd be great. Uh, and that's going to be this Saturday morning, and look forward to that with your, your men and uh, a few other churches as well. Um, I've got a quick little video, just a little clip, and it kind of shows you a little bit about my, not, not a whole lot, but it just shows you a little bit about my, my adventures over the past 20 years. And uh, if you can run that real quick, and ho hopefully it doesn't blow anybody out with the sound. So that's our ranch, that's Jordan Ranch in, that we built we 12 years ago. We are desperately in need of mature that's men, my dad. godly that's men Ed Cole. that take responsibility, not just for their life, but for those that God loves, which is every soul on the earth. We cannot look back, we cannot draw a line, and we cannot state that we will not go forward with God and His will and still think that we are a disciple of Christ. We're short on godly leadership in our communities. So guess what? God's asking you today, will you set the bar or will you draw the line? So anyway, it just kind of gives you a little bit of an understanding of, of who I am coming to today. Does that make sense? I mean, you have to have some kind of an introduction on your first date, right? <laughs> Consider yourself introduced. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. It doesn't mean I'm any better or worse than anybody. It just means I, I, I love Kauai. I love uh, Africa. I love Peru. I love the places that we've established ministries all over the world for the past 20-something years. And so I know something about truth. How many know some things work and some things just don't? And it's good to get somebody in that's tried a few things. And, that, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Is I believe the book that we're talking about, putting White uh, Bible Church to, into the process of all in, is called Test Me. And it's simply a tool. That's all this is. It's a tool. So that you can read through it. There's no way I can preach eight chapters today. And everybody said, thank God. Amen. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to give you a, a little taste of it. And then your life group leaders are going to help you go through the process. And I really want to encourage you, follow your pastor's lead. Do what they're asking you to do. And you'll see at the end of the day, it's going to be a blessing for you. Are you with me? And I, your flesh is going to probably say, no, I don't feel like... I, defy the flesh, get in the circle, right? And, and do it. If you'll do it, you will change the island. I promise you. Talk to Pastor Matt and the things that have happened in his church since we introduced this a couple of years ago. Every church that we've been able to help with, I know it's anointed message, not because I wrote it at all, but because of the results. Re remember that. We don't preach for response. We preach for results. And so we came today to give you some results. I believe there's a healing in what I'm going to teach you today. I need you to believe it. Are you hearing me? I need you to believe it. There's a healing in the message today. Now, the, the enemy is going to come against your brain and say, this is a money, uh, message about money. It has absolutely nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with honor. It has everything to do with honor and a measuring stick on honor. And I want to prove that to you, not because I said so, but because of what your Bible says. And I want you to read your Bible. Can I have an amen on that? So the first, the first thing I want to do is establish purpose. You might want to write some of this down. Purpose identified creates passion. Let's say it again. Purpose identified creates passion. We lose our passion when we lose our purpose. 
Leaders, which is what you are, not just your pastors. They are your leader. But you're a leader because you have Christ that lives in you. And there are people in your neighborhood and in your family that don't know him or they say they know him, but they're not living for him. Therefore, they're living in, 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 in defeat instead of in victory. Remember, Jesus has never lost one battle. So if he lives in you, you're supposed to be a winner. Y'all can say amen to any of that stuff, right? Or owe me something. Yeah, I mean, that's what we are. And it's not a pep rally, really. This is the truth. So if you can disprove it, disprove it by the Bible, not because of what you think, they think, culture, anything. Let's go by the culture of the kingdom, yes? This, this, uh, this ranch that you saw and all the people out in the front, we have the largest father-son gathering in the United States now. Every March, 2,000 fathers and sons come. And we compete in all kinds of stuff. Why? Because men like to hit something. I've learned that for 25 years. But we can't do it in church. Come on, guys, right? I mean, we come and we sit and we get up and we leave. We do the deal. But here's the thing. We, we take them out in the, in the country where we have our ranch on 85 acres, and they play football, basketball, softball, paintball. They get to shoot each other to the end of the world. And, and it's just a blast. And then at the end of the day, they go back to their campsite on the 85 acres in their tent with their pastor. And they, they hear what the Word of God said that night. We have speakers and everything. We, we've had all kind of Colt McCoy's been out there. Bum Phillips has been out there. Um, uh, Rick Perry, the, the governor of our state, he, he was out there. He opened it for me. We've had some really neat people come. And we have some great people coming this year. And so some, some big-time uh, Christian UFC fighters, if that's not an oxymoron. But, I, you know, it, it's just some cool stuff that draws men. And, and the guys get out there, and their fathers get to minister to them. So it's a great platform to be our 13th year, over 2,000 people a year. And in the, in the ranch, and I'm telling you this for a reason, in the ranch we have 22 bedrooms and like Pastor said, for the past 13 years, we've had over 120,000 people visit it and be ministered to. That was something that they said you could never do. Somebody say, but God. But God. Because it was totally against anything the church would, would have us do. You know, the church wanted another big sanctuary. We were running three services of 1,000. <laughs> and they said, why don't we just run one service? I said, because that's the easy thing, but it's going to put us in debt to do it. Why don't we build a place where we can have relationships? Well, we have porches. We can have something to eat. Come on. And guess what? Everybody else wants in on the deal now, now, 12 years later. So it's a great idea now, but back then, how many know you got to go through stuff sometimes? And most of it has to do with people. So you're going to be leading this church, Pastor, but also your community in a mind shift. We're going back to what God told us in the beginning. Is that okay? Now, if you haven't known it, don't be condemned. Remember, there's no, no, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is conviction, and conviction helps us to get out of this place and into another place. So when you do that, you start seeing that God's stuff still works. It never stopped working for those who worked it. So I want to start you off today with a scripture. Why don't you stand with me for a minute? A little Christian calisthenics this morning. Thank you again for the lay. Love it. Smells great. I, how many of you believe in being a blessing? Six people. Wonderful. How many... How many I have a couple of gifts today. I'm sorry I didn't take the bubble wrap off, but you know it's going to work. That's from our ranch. We have these nice candles out there, and ladies normally like those. And I, I believe in being a blessing pastor, a coffee mug. It says Jordan Ranch on it. Rick Perry has it on his desk. He says, I always drink my coffee out of, out of a Jordan Ranch mug. 
Uh, I also uh, brought this for you. And guys, we have some of these at the men's meeting. This is an intense men's t-shirt. Pastor, I wasn't exactly sure what size, so I got one that would fit you tight. Is that good? <laughs> it, it'll make you look good. But it says, intense men, restore the roar. You're welcome. So you'll be, you'll be outfitted with 2,000 men doing the same thing. Now, why did I do that? Because I want to make a point. I believe actions speak louder than words. How about you? I'm going to read something, and I'm going to ask you to repeat me. Wait till I say repeat, okay, or until I look at you like you should repeat. Genesis chapter 12, back in the beginning. I like to go all the way back to the first time we, we read something. This is what the Lord said when he cut covenant with Abraham. Now, how many know that we are Abraham's seed? Which, which means whatever he said to Abraham, he's talking to us, yes? All right, good. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Say that. He's talking to us. And I will bless those who bless you. Say that. Come on, say it like you mean it. I will bless those who bless you. Come on, say it's good to be me. Yeah. <laughs> he, said, I, he said, I'm going to bless somebody for blessing you. Are you hearing me? And I will curse those who curse you. Say, it's good to be me. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Say that. Y'all believe that? Y'all believe God's changed? You believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? So if he said it back then to Abram, and Abraham is who you came out of, you're Abraham's seed, then do you and I not have the right to expect him to bless those who bless us? To believe that the only way he's going to bless the world is through you? No, I didn't get any amens on that. He said, the only way I'm going to bless the world is through you, my seed. So I'm a, God said, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. You see what I'm saying? you got to shift just a hair. you got to shift because if that's my purpose, then I need to start looking at things differently. God didn't say he's going to bless me because I'm perfect. God didn't say he's going to bless me because I'm from Kauai, though this is a pretty nice day. God didn't say he's going to bless me because I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm white, I'm black. He said I'm going to, he's going to bless me because I'm Abraham's seed. Because that means I'm in covenant with him doing what he asked me to do. Yes or no? And now his plan, which was the beginning and the end, is to bless everybody else. The only way this place is going to get blessed is if you're blessed. What does the word blessing mean? It means empowered to prosper. I'm sorry, I don't have time. But empowered to prosper. Say that. So when he says, I'm going to bless you, you might be thinking money, but he might be thinking money and healing. Money and healing. How, how about in your marriage? How about with your children? Come on. So that means when you are understanding that you're Abraham's seed, especially in the new covenant, yes, under Christ, if that person's going to get healed, it's because you're going to lay hands on them and speak life over them because you're Abraham's seed. Now you have a different take on your purpose. You may be seated today. Y'all got real quiet on me today. Why? Because he gives us responsibility. 
in the men's meeting, we really get to go deep with these guys. And, and ladies, you should really have your guys over there. Husbands, fathers, sons, brothers, you should really help us on Saturday because we get to talk straight to them. Being a male is a matter of birth. Being a man is a matter of choice. Maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. You and I as Christians have a responsibility since we have been saved by grace and, and no, no works of our own. We have a responsibility to respond to his grace and his goodness. Yes or no? And that means we, we have a response that because someone led us to the Lord, our job is to show him our love by leading other people or doing our best to tell them, yes? Ultimately, the Spirit of God will lead them. But he uses us in our mouth. If we're not doing that, have we fallen out of covenant by our own will? I don't know. I just want to make sure that when I get to the gate, I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not trying to work my way in. I'm just telling you, I love him so much. I don't want to just have him do all the work on, on that end. Make sense? Let's, let's put up the first, uh, the first uh, slide, brother. So this is our, our, our all-in manual. Uh, next week, pastor's going to hand out T-shirts. If you sign a covenant, and the covenant back to covenant again, is that you will come to church for one year consistently, you will uh, serve consistently, and you will tithe. Three things that a Christian ought to be able to do. Do you agree with me? Simple things, yes? Nothing major. I'm not talking about offerings. I'm not talking about chicken dinners. I'm talking about simply give back 10% of whatever God gives you. If God doesn't give you anything, don't give it to him. It's 10%, it's guys. It, it's not an amount. It's a percentage. Say that. It's not an amount. It's a percentage. We're going to get into that. But I want, you to, I want to kill the devils in here that are trying to attack our brain. And they have for years. There is a blessing that God wants you to understand of Abraham. And why it works and why it doesn't work. And because of a lack of knowledge, my people perish. I simply came today to give you a revelation that I got several years ago. And it's working. It's working in Matt Higa's church. It's working in, in a lot of churches I can name around uh, the United States. A lot of them. And they're no better or worse than you are. They just simply began to connect the dots. So here we go. You ready? All right, I got 10 minutes. You ready? All right, here we go. Here we go. It's all in the book, folks. I promise you. That's why you're going to go through it in a study guide. I'm not going to try to preach the whole book to you today. All right, first slide. Um, this is uh, Matthew 6, 19. Do y'all believe it if you see it in the Bible? I know you do. Look what it says. Don't store up treasure on earth where moths eat them, rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Next slide. Oh, thank you. It's in the back too. But store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Where your tre treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. Y'all have heard that before, right? Where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? Your treasure is where you take the finances that you've been blessed with and you give. Yes or no? You're a free will being. I'm a free will being. If I looked at my checkbook or my visa card, whatever, where, however you do that now, your reconciliation report, wherever the majority of that goes, that's my heart. If I collect cars or I give what my mine goes to the house of God. You can look mine up and see. And, and, and a lot of people invest in eternity versus the temporary because they have been uh, 
privy to this revelation. God set up a system where he said, look, I'm going to bless you with everything. I'm going to give you the breath that you breathe. And that breath is going to allow you to get a job. Just nod with me if you're going with me. If you have breath to get a job, then he said, the any kind of increase that comes from that job, he said, I want you to keep everything. But he said, here's how we're going to run the church. 10% of that comes back into the house of God by with which you as the church will spend it to win souls. Souls then become the currency of heaven. And when you get to heaven, that becomes your treasure in heaven. Can you imagine walking into heaven and meeting someone from a different country that you never met before? And they run up to you and they give you this hug and they're weeping and crying. Oh my, I've been waiting for you. I wanted to tell you. And you're going, who are you? They said, well, when you tithed, pastor sowed into this mission. He's almost like a financial broker. You understand? <laughs> because he hears from the Lord and he says, we're going to sow and help this ministry. We're going to sow and help youth with a mission. We're going to sow and we're going to help... And every time someone gives their life to Christ, that rings up in your account in heaven. That's treasure that's eternal. It's not money. Money doesn't work up there. You and I do a great exchange. When I came over, not this time, but because I'm American to American, but when I go to Peru or Africa or Scotland or wherever I go, I have to exchange my money at the exchange. I don't know if we have a slide of that. No? And... And when I do, I exchange dollars for South African rand or for soles or for pesos, okay? But I have to know where I'm going. Follow me for just a minute. You can't just go up there and exchange money if you don't know where you're going. I'm not talking about money anymore. Y'all hear me? So when you come to church, this is the exchange zone. The church is the exchange booth. And before you depart for your destination which I believe is heaven, yes? The way you exchange what you have on earth that God gave you for what you're going to have in heaven, treasure in heaven, which is souls, is that you tithe and offer. This is the exchange zone that he takes it, makes food with it, buys food, goes out and feeds the hungry. The hungry hear the gospel. The, that they, lead, that they, they give their life to Christ. That becomes a treasure in heaven. It makes sense. You know this. The world doesn't know this. Hi, guys. The world doesn't know this. Simple wisdom and revelation. They don't know what tithing is. Matter of fact, many of them can't even spell it. All they think, and the, and the enemy has messed with them, to say all that preacher wants is your money. This is not a teaching about how to get the pastors a new car. The pastors didn't ask me to do that. They said, how can we unite as a church? How can we all be all in? Attending, serving, and tithing. Are y'all here today? I'm excited about it. I hope you are. We, we have, uh, thank you. Uh, we have um, some things that we brought with us today. And I'm just, I'm not selling this because I need anything. I just need you to get, go deep. And for the past 30 years, I've been an author. Seven, seven different books. This teaching is one of the last ones I wrote. Because it came out of a lot of guys um, um, struggling in this area. We always would get men converted, and we have a large men's ministry. That's kind of what we do. But I found out at the end of the day, they would say, well, I can't because. And they never tapped into tithing and offering. The last 10 years, it's been incredible. The things that I have seen, I had to share it with you. 
And it's not about money. It's about healing relationships. It's about healing in, in cancerous situations, about real miracles that have happened because he empowers you to prosper. Somebody say, I am the blessing. No, say it again. I am the blessing. Say it again. That's how you ought to begin to talk. I am the blessing. Your whole purpose is to be the blessing to everybody else. So God has to bless you to bless someone else. Yes or no? The concept here, Pastor, is to get the whole church blessed. And everybody walking in the blessing. And everything I touch shall be blessed. Yes, everywhere I walk, I shall own it. Uh, you say, that's blab it and grab it. No, it's not. It's the Bible. You just got to believe it. That's called faith. These are our books. Take Your Place was written, um, one of our first books that we wrote, about the third book or so. It's My Life with Dr. Ed Cole. How to, how to Find and Serve a Spiritual Father. Your spiritual father ought to be in this room. Your senior pastor ought to be that link. After that, the alpha male and the women who get them. Shannon, that's a good book. <laughs> how would you like to be married to Vince Lombardi? How about Noah? Come on, ladies. You come home every day. What are we going to do for date night this week, Noah? We're going to build a boat. For the next hundred years, that's your answer, right? So you got to understand, God made alpha males to get stuff done, yes? But, but you got to also realize it takes a special woman to understand how to be married to that guy and how, to, and how to support that. Then the final one is test me, the Malachi mystery, because we kept going back to honor. Remember, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. It's the last book in the Old Testament. Think about this. After Malachi, the last word in Malachi is, except the heart of the fathers turn to the sons, the sons to the fathers, you will live under a curse. That's, curse is the last word of the Old Testament. 400 years, God doesn't speak. It's quiet. Then you come back to John the Baptist in the, in the wilderness saying, repent, repent. It's the first thing you hear. Because, and he was talking about the way that we had done religion at that point. And I'm here to tell you again, I think we've missed it just like that. And I think God's saying, come back to the basics. Come on, as an athlete, as a coach, what do we do when, when we're missing it? Let, let's go back and just, let's, do some, let's do some grass drills, right? Let's, let's do something that gets my basics back again. And the basics of this are God created a church that, the, that hell could not stop. But church is built upon believers. That's you and me. And, and it's not built upon unbelievers. And so the, the precept is just like you're sitting in that chair. Does everybody enjoy your chair? You should. They're big and fat chairs, right? Right? I mean, it's better than sitting on a board or standing up, yes? I've been to both. How many, how many um, I'm making a point here. How many, how many um, help me, Pastor. How many, how many legs? Thank you. How many legs does your chair have? How do you know that? Because you've been sitting in chairs all your life, right? Think about this. An architect designed your chair. Yeah, they did. Somewhere, somehow, somebody thought of the chair you're sitting in and was paid money to design it and has four legs. What if it had one leg? You wouldn't be listening very good right now, would you? What would you be doing? That's it, right, sir? You'd be balancing it. Chairs were made intentionally with four legs so that the one who's using it is balanced and can do everything. Eat, listen, study, do whatever you're called to do in that chair, yes? Let's be honest. If you were sitting with one in one, 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 one leg, you wouldn't be listening all that great right now. 
your mind would be in different places. Same thing for school, same thing for a restaurant. Well, the church is designed by God. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And it has a function, and it has support. And the support is us. And God said, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. And I'm going to run my church, my church, on the increase I give you, my kids. Because who would want people that are not my kids supporting my cause? He's smarter than that. So he said, here's what we're going to do. I need 10 people real quick. You young guys, come on. Come on, quicker. Andale. Somebody come up. I need some more help. Thank you for your... Grab these 10 pastors and just hand them out to the guys. Just stand across the row here. Put up Malachi 3.8 for me, brother. I said, young guys, come on. Come on. Come stand up here with us. You're right there, bud. Good. Just stand shoulder to shoulder. All right, now just hold the 10 out. All right, you guys stand there with me. Hold the, hold the 10. One, two, three. Is that all of us, Pastor? One, two, three, four, five, six, nine, ten. Very good. A tithe is a percentage, yes? Just, just do that for me. Yes? Yes. It is not an amount. Here's what it looks like to God. I'm going to give you 10. Everybody gets 10. Everybody gets God's best. But here's what I want to ask you. Will you give me back what I gave you? Hang on a minute. If I, gave, if I give you the keys to my car, just take it like, like I'm giving you keys. I know. No. There you go. Pretend. All right. I gave you the keys to my car, and I, I left it with you for a week. And I came back, and you gave me my car, my car keys back. Did you give me anything? Not really, huh? I just gave you the use of it. If God gives us everything and says, I'd like to have 10% back, are we really giving him something, or are we really showing faith and returning unto him what he gave to us? You see how he sees it? That's how you see it, too, if you're a parent, right? This is so cool. Watch this. One-tenth. Step straight out, brother. Keep going. Keep going. Right there. How many are left? Nine. When he puts one out and you obediently give in faith and not worried about that one-tenth, giving it back to the purpose of the church, which is the bride of Christ, to win souls, here's what he does. He anoints and redeems all the nine. He empowers you to prosper with this 90% that's going to go far greater than anything you could have done with that 10% in your own under the curse. This 90% is now under the blessing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you're a child of God and you chose to step out in faith and give back to God what he said. Unbelievers do not give. This is not a principle for unbelievers. This is a principle for the sons and daughters of God. And when you and I step into it, and then the enemy brings sickness or disease to your house, which he will come to steal, come on, kill and destroy... What you do is you just take that Bible and you, go ahead, hold it up, brother. You hold it up and you go, Father, remember me, I'm a tither. Yeah? You remind him of what his word said. And I need you to rebuke the devil right now for my sake and heal my body. 
Give these guys a hand clap today. Thank you so much, guys. Simple but true. Yeah. You can collect them all or just put them right there. Simple illustration. You're going to do a lot of these with the chair and the dimes and a lot of other things that are in the book. Also in the book is a QR code. At the end of each chapter, you can go to the QR code on your phone, and I'll, I'll lead you through some, some concepts there. So it's kind of a, a, a cool thing. I want to I end on this today, Pastor. Did that illustration make sense? It kind of burns an image in your mind, doesn't it? I want to end on this. Malachi 3, um, 16 through 18, brother. Check this out. At the end of chapter 3, look what he says. This really got me. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. Man, I want to be in that group. The word fear there means respected. Those who respected and honored the Lord. How many know not everybody does that? And I'm not here to say we should judge anybody. I'm just saying we should judge ourselves. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Here's the honor again. In chapter 1, he says, if I'm your father, where's my honor? I mean, Malachi is all about honor. Then again, he said, you will, then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about being obedient. When the Bible says, obey your mother and father, what's he saying? How do you... How, Excuse me, when he says honor your mother and father, what's he talking about? Obedience, right? I mean, isn't that how you honor them? Come on, guys, yeah? All right, so if that's the first commandment with promise, I think, I think we need to pick up on God's heart here. What he's saying is honor me by just doing what I ask you to do. Didn't Jesus later say, if you love me, keep my commandments? You see how this starts tying into the New Testament and the Old Testament, Yes. I know, uh, uh, go to Malachi, uh, Malachi 3, uh, the first one. I didn't, yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, thank you. This is the whole premise right now. And let me say this. I will close on this. this is my second closing. So <laughs> I will close on this one if you're taking notes. But this is what everybody should know about Malachi because this is the number one verse that we all hear, you know, when somebody's talking about receiving the tithe and the offering. Remember, you can't offer until you tithe. It's not counted as an offering until you tithe. Once you tithe, anything above the, the tithe is called an offering. Are we learning? I'm just saying how God thinks about it because the, the tithe is something that, that is what we're missing. He says, when a man, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me. And you say, how have we done that in tithes and offerings? He said, you're cursed with a curse for you've robbed me, even the whole nation. Then he says this. This is how you get out of the curse and stay in the blessing. Back to Abraham again, yes? This is the last book. Genesis is the first book. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Where's the storehouse? You're sitting in it. Why is it called the storehouse? Because it's where you come today. It's where you come tomorrow. It's who you call when you're in trouble. It's who goes to the hospital to pray for you. Are you with me? It's who marries you. It's who buries you. It's the door to eternity. It's the storehouse. He says, bring your tithes into the storehouse. So you don't give your tithes to a, a, a traveling evangelist. That's an offering. Are we learning anything yet today? 
That, that's why uh, when you look on TV and you see some guys that just send me $1,000, well, if you're going to do that, you better make sure that you've been tithing to your local storehouse because that joker ain't coming to the hospital. Y'all just need, I mean, let's use wisdom, yes or no. I'm not against those guys. I am one of those guys. I don't ask for offering, but I, I, I preach on TV, but I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I want the, the local church to be the church. And that's why you have local pastors. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. It gives you the purpose for bringing the tithes in here. Food in his house. Today you're getting fed. The word of God, yes? It's meat and it's bread, yeah? It's, it is the word of God. Well, this couldn't happen today if, unless you tithe. And right now, I'm going to tell you a statistic. Only 4% of American Christians tithe. That shake you up a little bit? Shook me up. George Barna said 4%. Give 10% or more. So that means 96% of people who call themselves sacrificial Christians who worship the God that died for us, count him valuable enough to give a dime or more off a dollar. Now do you wonder why there seems to be so little power in the house? Y'all got real quiet on me. I'm not talking about you necessarily. I don't know your situation. But I know Christians across the, the world. And I know when we bring this to light, you know what? Most of them just go, you know what? Let me just repent. I'm going to get right. I'm going to do this right now. Because it puts you in a position of blessing. Look what he says. See if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. How many like that? You know what happens if you get a blessing that you can't receive? Uh, the person to your right or to your left gets the leftover. Come on. That's a good thing, Yes. Be a blessing. How can we be a blessing? Because the overflow goes to the people around us. And he said, the second thing is I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Who's the devourer? Satan, the devil, right? So you got two things. You got provision and you got protection. Say that. Provision and protection. Say it again. Provision and protection when you give God back a dime off the dollar he gave you. People get saved when we obey God. He can save the world with 10 cents off a dollar. You don't believe me? Watch this. If every Christian, and remember, for the next four weeks, pastor's going to be teaching on this, out of this book. So you need to get a hold of if nothing else, get that book, if you don't already have it, and make sure you read it, because that's what you're going to be doing in small groups. This is a study that I, I came up with about five, six years ago. If every Christian in the United States just simply gave a dime. Now, I'm not talking about offerings. I'm not about building fun. None of that. I'm just talking about a dime. Nothing sacrificial. Just giving back what God gave you. If God didn't give you anything, he doesn't even require you to give. It's a percentage of what the increase is. That's why it works so well. If every Christian gave the tithe, we would have $430 billion a year. As a nation, that's just in the United States. Ten cents off a dollar of everyone who says that they are a Christian. That's Catholic, Baptist, you, you name it. Just someone who says yes to Jesus. The church would have annually $430 billion. Do you know how much it would cost 
to eradicate world hunger? 30 billion. Only 30 billion. That means the church could eradicate, that's world hunger. I'm talking American dollars here. Just America could eradicate world hunger. Show me uh, the picture of uh, some of the kids in Africa. Y'all have seen all these. How would you like to be that mama and have no answer? And know that the church is the answer. But only 4% of us are given a dime off a dollar. See, now we're, now we're not talking about money. We're talking about lives. That's where I, I go all the time. And we, we right now, we, we see over 8,000 kids a week in, in, in Namibia that we minister to. That's just one ministry. The church could answer the worldwide problem of hunger like that if we simply tithed. What about homelessness? Is that an issue? Ask somebody in San Francisco, in California. Is home, even in Austin, Texas, it's becoming a big issue with homeless people laying around, nowhere to go, nothing to do. We could solve that issue for $20 billion. When I say we, I'm talking about me and you because we're part of the church. We're part of the kingdom of God. Then, back to the strategy, when, when men act on God's strategy, we get the victory, but God gets the glory. The glory goes to God when we operate in his principles. The tithe is not to build the pastors, a bigger church, a bigger house, a bigger this, a bigger that. That's the enemy lying to you. The tithe should be going mainly to feed the hungry and get them saved. Outreaches. Are you with me? Now, you do need to support your pastor, and they do need to live good, I believe, because they're the, the man's, uh, God's man and woman of God. I believe that's true. But I know them. I just met them, but I know them. They're going to end up giving most of it back anyway. That's what I do. Why? Because it's a lot better return on investment for me to get a treasure in heaven than to try to get something down here. Come on, you can only eat so many macadamia nuts. I mean, you know, it's a, you can only, come on. And I want to tell you something, I love the beaches over here. I really do. And I would just mesmerize this whole day, two days. You know, you know when you first get here, you're like, there's a whale out there. <laughs> you know, there she blows. I mean, from my, from my balcony, I saw that. I just, it was awesome. I'm just sending pictures back. And I love it here. And the, the, the green, the lush. But honestly, uh, and I, that means nothing here. This is my favorite place in the world, I believe. But no, I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. Um, but after a while, a beach is a beach. How can I say that nicer? I'm not saying negative. I'm just saying I've got to be doing something when I'm on the beach. I've, I've got to be connecting with my purpose. And that's your purpose as well. You can have the biggest house, you can have the biggest car, you can have the nicest purse, you can have all the stuff you think you want. At the end of the day, you'll become quiet like all the movie stars and the wealthy people. And they're going, what am I doing? Many of them don't even last. They take their lives because they have no purpose. We have purpose. Our purpose is to be the blessing for God. Come on, Abraham. That's your purpose. How's he going to do it? By giving you his word. That if you give 10 cents, I'll rebuke the devourer and I'll open the windows for you. 
There's not anything you can ask me, Jesus said, that I will not give you. I just want to challenge you right now. Get involved with your pastors. Get involved with the all-in process. Get your T-shirt and wear it proudly. Then start bringing the community in to, do, to go with you to your life group. Whenever the pastors organize that, however that looks, just listen. But bring a friend and let them sit down and hear what I'm telling you right now. Get a book and share it. I think the book's 10 bucks. We made it as cheap as we possibly could. Are you with me? But it holds the keys to life forevermore. It's been great being with you today. Can I pray for you today? Amen. Amen. I know it's like trying to drink water out of a fire hydrant. I'm sorry. But uh, I, I hope you got some of that. And I hope you'll get the book and read some more. Can I pray for you? Amen. Just bow your head with me and let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that every word that was delivered, not from me, but from you, is something that they'll take to heart. I pray that the manifestation of the blessing of God is upon this church and upon these pastors. I pray that their leadership, God, will be anointed and that the people will see it and hear it. I pray for supernatural miracles to come, God, as the windows of heaven are open. And that healing will happen in this lady's body right now in Jesus' name. According to your word, Lord, ask anything in my name and you will have it. You are the seed of Abraham. You are the blessing of the earth. And through your family, all families shall be blessed. Father, we claim that that is your word. We receive it today by faith. And if we don't have enough faith, give us more faith today so we can receive it and be the answer to all of Kauai. God, that is what we want. It's a big goal, but you're a big God. And we love you, Father. And we look forward to enjoying the rest of this beautiful day by telling somebody about the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor? Amen. Amen. <laughs>